With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia. 107.5 The Game. On 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris, along with you on this Wednesday morning, halfway through the week, inching closer to South Carolina and Mississippi State. Coming up Saturday night at 7.30 in Williams-Brice Stadium. Of course, Coach Beamer speaking to the media yesterday at 1.30, as he does every Tuesday, which we bring to you right here on the game, brought to you by Pete Alewine. Pools and spas, one of the first things that Coach Beamer talked about, something that we all figured to be true, no juice wells for this weekend as he did re-aggravate his foot injury on Saturday against Georgia. So out for this weekend, but there is hope he will not be out too long and you can get him back hopefully soon, maybe by the bye week, uh, to return for that Florida game. But definitely something uh, you didn't want to hear, but up to this point, South Carolina has been playing without him for most of the season anyway, so I don't think that changes too much of what you do on offense yeah like, like we talked about probably yesterday I mean you, you just hate it for juice um you know nobody really expected him to, to be able to play this week uh, I think there was a fear that this could be a a long-term thing so the fact that you know it, it's something they will monitor he'll be out this week see where it is next week uh, you know you've got a bye week not that far ahead from you either so you know I, I think this is about the best case scenario there for juice and you know, you just hate it for him. Uh, you know, honestly, mentally, he was a guy that, as Dal Loggins said, he was kind of uh, fighting through it just to get back. Had worked really hard to get there and uh, hate it for him. As far as the team itself, uh, I mean, like you said, Tyler, like you you, cert- you could always use a Juice Wells. And I, I think, you know, I had made the case, made the comment, hey, if you have a healthy Juice Wells, a healthy AB, who I, I think is – been right on the verge of, of breaking out and then Leggett breaking out combined with the guys who have kind of filled in behind them, you, you probably have one of the better receiver groups that we've seen at, at South Carolina if all those guys are healthy. As it is, no juice wells right now. AB's been banged up. You know, Leggett's having to sort of carry the load there. And I, I think for them, uh, you know, they the the positive side of this is that you have had you know, Omega Blake has played a bunch. They'll keep bringing Nick Harbor along. Um, you know, Eddie Lewis has played a bunch in that slot spot. Luke Doty has played a bunch in there. So they, they have had guys step up in Juice Wells' absence, uh, which obviously has been big. But, you know, frankly, you could, you'd love to have two dynamic outside wide receivers, which is what you would have with Leggett and Juice Wells. The good news, I think, is that – so t- a couple pieces of good news. One, it looks feasible that you can get Juice back at some point. Tyler, I think 
when you said, you know, getting him back around the bye week or four, that that may be mm, a little optimistic maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we'll, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, with this type of thing, it's obviously a little bit touch and go. It's kind of difficult to, to figure out which direction it may go. But it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. None, nobody, nobody can hit, sit here and say, ah, in, in two weeks, in four weeks, he'll definitely be good to go. We, we don't know. Sure. We, we don't know. Um, but to be to have the opportunity to possibly get him back, I think is going to be good. The, the important thing is probably, you know, he, he's going to have to be just shut down. Like you, you've got to heal this thing up, and then if and when he is able to return, you, you get him back on the field and make sure he's he's completely good to go, and that you don't have any questions there. Wes, to your point about you know not it, it's a it's a it's, it's tough not having your full complement of guys. That was going to be the str- – it still has been the strength of this team, right? Spencer Rattler throwing to these wide receivers. Xavier Leggett has obviously, as we've mentioned, been in the best form of his career by far. And Amarian Brown through two games looked in the best form of his career. I think it's easy to forget he had a great season as mm-hmm. a freshman at Georgia Tech. Right, you know, transfers to South Carolina. Things have not gone completely according to plan. He's he's had some he's had some flashes, right? And we know he's got a lot of speed. Dowell Logan seems to really like him, and I think they've kind of unlocked through the first two games a really you know smart way to use him, getting mm-hmm. him in space. He's looked dangerous, but then of course you didn't have him or Juice. I mean, yep. you had Juice for ten plays for the Georgia game, but I do think. As the week progresses, the odds favor getting A.B. back, and you, and you need him particularly with Juice out. Yeah, and Coach Beamer did say, you know, in, in regards to A.B. as well as Tyreek Johnson and uh, J.T. Gear, who we, we have not seen this week, and those guys, still questionable, but the optimism that they can all play uh, this Saturday is, is pretty decent as we stand right now halfway through the week. Yeah, and a lot of these injuries, I, I know fans get frustrated about this stuff. we got to remember, it's it, it's... They're all day to day, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it can feel one way one day, and then uh, like go, go go injure yourself. And, please, please don't, you know. But theoretically, not not, not literally. They they're smarter than what, that. West Mitchell does not condone you injuring yourself. There you go. There's our legal um, disclaimer there. But no, seriously, anybody's ever hurt themselves, and and I know they got the best. They got way better medical care than you or I do at home, but. Right. Uh, you know, oh, when's this thing going to feel better? I think it'll be better tomorrow. And then you wake up tomorrow, it doesn't feel better. Or sometimes you think you're hurt, and you're like, oh, I feel great. Like, I'm fine. So, you know, I, I think everybody heals differently. Every injury is a little bit different. And that, that's why we have these windows. Hey, three to six weeks or, or whatever it may be. So um, I, I know fans get a little frustrated. You know, I keep seeing people bring up the Marky Anderson thing. Mm-hmm. Well, some injuries you go ahead and have. There are treatment options, right? Originally, the option and the hope was that he was going to be able to play through and, and just get better through treatment. Well, it didn't respond to treatment. There were no options. So then you say, all right, we're, we're going to shut him down. So um, they, they have nothing to gain from lying about Marky Anderson, who has not played a snap <laughs> yet. Right. Like that, that wasn't gamesmanship. That wasn't trying to you know, give wrong information, the information just changed, and, and that's fine. So, you know, I, I, I get it. I get the frustration with injury reports, but um, 
the, these things are day-to-day. You have to keep sort of monitoring it. And, and I, I just think with A.B. and any guy that's dealing with a lower body injury or dealing with a hamstring injury, anything like that, you know, it, it can feel good. Hamstrings in particular, they feel just fine when you're sitting there. And then when you really test it, you may find out, oh, it's not it's not quite where I want it to be. And And one final point, Chris, these guys want to play, right? Like they are competitors. They're not used to being hurt. Like, they want mm-hmm. to be out there. They want to go compete and show what they can do. And, uh, you know, some sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. Yeah, I mean, I had a fan ask me a question yesterday on the Insiders Forum, one of our members, and basically was expressing some frustration, Wes, about what you said about the injury situation and how, it, you know, it seems like maybe we don't have a handle on some of those things. And I answered the question the best I could, and he came back and said, you know, I'm, I'm just a little frustrated by it, so – I just had kind of a salty post about it, you know, like he, he admitted like to his credit, he was like, you know, it, it's it's not really we're hearing, you know, all these different players are one thing and then it turns out to be something else. The other thing is, you know, this does happen other places like that's that's a trick that you get played on you sometimes. South Carolina is the only school that this happens at whatever the particular thing is and injuries one of them. I mean, I'm going over Georgia's injury list right now. They got 15 guys that are either out, like they have a guy out for the season, they have a few guys that are straight up out, um, a few of them happened in the South Carolina game, and then they have, let's count them up, three guys that are doubtful, five that are questionable, and two that are probable. And so out of all those guys that I just listed, you know, what's that, seven, you know, eight, nine, ten guys, those could kind of go either way. So sometimes you are going to hear, hey, we're, we're hopeful that a guy can play and then you go throughout the week and he either, you know, continues down that positive trajectory or he doesn't sometimes. And you're right, man, with the hamstring. So I, I actually just talked to Marion Brown last night. We recorded a Garnet Trust-sponsored interview for Gamecock Central. And he was talking about this week and just sleep, you know, being the number one thing. Hydration, making sure that you're eating, making sure you're drinking enough water and then going out there and just doing what you need to do during practice. He'll probably do, obviously, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the biggest days, the the you know biggest days in terms of volume during practice. He's going to try to do some stuff today, and then we'll see you know how it progresses throughout the rest of this week. And then, like you said, Wes, when you get in a game situation, that's when you're straining the most, and, and things can always happen. So hopefully for the Gamecocks, hopefully for him, uh, things will progress well the rest of this week. I think it's funny that we spent a lot of time yesterday – tampering people's expectations about Nick Harbour. And then Coach Beamer specifically said yesterday, yes, we need to get Nick Harbour more involved in the offense. Yeah, he, he did. Um, he, coaches say stuff like that a lot. Sure. I, Which he's uh, been on the field. We've noted that. He just has not been getting open to catch passes. Yes. Um, where, where's the outcry for Tyshawn Russell? From everyone. He, he, he mentioned Tyshawn Russell as well, but uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't a five-star. I was going to say, Nick, <laughs> Nick Harbour is the shiny object here. and Tyson Russell, shiny, but not as shiny as Nick Harbour. But going to be a pretty good player, I think. Definitely um, so. So, you know, I, and, and Beamer said Beamer said that about the defense as well. Hey, we got we to gotta play these young guys. Um, coaches say stuff like that all the time. I've, I've said it several times. I think we will start to see – we already have seen the beginning of the youth movement really starting with Furman, when you play the number one team in the country at their place, coaches 
sort of restrict their rotation. Uh, they they kind of tend to go with the guys that have played, the guys that have been there before. Then as a season progresses, either by just absolute need because somebody gets banged up or because you sort of um, – those guys come along, they, they keep progressing, and you just realize, hey, we can't play the same players every single snap of every single game. Uh, so that's when the young guys continue to come along. So I um, – you know, it's noteworthy when Beamer says that. But, um, you know, Be- Beamer also said, hey, so we got to play some of the freshmen more. But then he also, paraphrasing here, said, you know, the freshmen have to keep coming along as well as far as their development. Like Nick Harbour, it, you know, don't – let's not mistake it for when, – when they hit the field on Saturday night, Nick Harbour's probably not going to play more snaps than Omega Blake, right, especially with the game that Omega had against Georgia. I mean, could I be wrong? Maybe, but I don't. I don't think so, right? So, getting those guys on the field more, getting them more opportunities, that doesn't mean okay. They're they're playing fifty snaps a game now. It doesn't mean that you know if you look if you're a depth chart watcher right now, Juice is still number one on the depth chart. He's obviously not playing this week, and Nick is right behind him. That doesn't mean Nick is stepping in and starting. It's finding your best guy. So you look back at the North Carolina game. You know who stepped up when Juice was not on the field. Omega Blake played a lot, and he has you know more experience. He's been around this program for a while, and he's had some nice production at times, whether it's in practice situations or in the game, like we saw against Georgia. I also think, guys, uh, for for our depth chart watchers out there, which I I respect the game. Uh, I love a good depth oh, chart myself. We love depth charts. Um, here's the thing on the depth chart: the depth chart that is put out publicly is one week behind. Yeah. You're you're not even though it comes out on Monday, big big tree was not listed as starting left tackle mm-hmm. against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Then obviously he was the starter. So then this week, oh now he's the starter at left tackle. So whatever changes you were going to see made, unless there's a season-ending injury, Beamer does at least give us enough to to take those out. You know there was a time under a previous coaching staff that will remain unnamed mm-hmm. where there is a player that's injured. For the entire season, and they're still listed on the depth chart. It was just the same depth chart. It was just a default depth chart. Right. This is more than that, but for the most part, you kind of see what happened the previous week. Uh, I guess represented mm-hmm. in the depth chart compared. They're not going to give. They're not going to break any news on Monday afternoon. Yeah. Right. With the depth chart. As you mentioned, Tree Babalade was in this week's depth chart as he's starting left tackle. He spoke to the media yesterday as well. We'll hear a little bit about what he had to say in his first impressions of playing in the SEC. Coming up, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Um, the SEC, we know, is the hottest league. Um, we know that's where the best of best. That's what NFL coaches all of them look at. Um, I don't say I was really surprised about anything. I mean, I know there was a good, good um, D-line I was going against. I give them respect. They, they're good. But um, I mean, I came from a Catholic, you know, DMV kids, were very good. So it was like you're stepping up to the next, you know, next stuff. That's pretty much it. Welcome back in Game Cock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris with you here on the game. That was the voice of Tree Babalade talking about his first start going up against the number one team in the country in Georgia this past Saturday in Athens. Uh, and you guys are obviously very familiar with Tree through the recording process and everything. Competent kid. 
Yeah, and, and has been for a while, I think. And so, Tree, how how important, Chris, that South Carolina kind of stayed the course? A lot of people may forget. <laughs> Tree, So, Tree commits. Really, this is enough. I mean, they've recruited the offensive line the last couple of years so well. Um, you know, huge credit to all those guys. Lonnie Teasley, Greg Atkins, Sam Surbay, Taylor Edwards, whole crew over there. Like, they, they've recruited so well in the offensive line. And Tree was one of those guys where they, they got in on him early, got him in, I, I think, for a spring game a couple years ago, and, you know, put themselves in position, then they landed a commitment. Then he decommits down the stretch, and uh, you're like, man, that that could be a huge loss for them. They stayed the course, got him right back in the boat, and obviously now he's he's locked down that starting left tackle spot. I don't really see that changing this year. I, I think you're you're ready to just roll with him there. And, you know, I, I think this kid's going to be a fan favorite. Great personality. Um, you know, larger than life, obviously, literally. as a human being. <laughs> yeah, literally. And so I, I'm excited for him. And if you listen to Spencer Rattler talk yesterday, he also put the best label on Tree. Y'all know it's my favorite label for a guy. Said he's a dude, dude. So if Spencer Rattler says Tree's a dude, then I think that's a pretty good cosign. Now, what's the correlation between a dude and football guy? One and the same, close together? How do, nah. we, how do we define that? Nah, not in my opinion. Yeah, dude, I, I, I think they're, I think they're different. Yeah, d- dude, does dude is become better. football guy, or football guy can become dude? Nah, fo- football guy is just like hard nosed, like smart savvy you don't need in my opinion you don't even have to be a good player like a great player okay you got to be a pretty good you gotta player. be a pretty good player i don't player. think you have to be a well, good athlete you can to be yeah. football guy you can be football guy from like first guy in last guy to leave the gym kind of thing yeah. but you're still like the third string tight end you know what i mean like you can be a football yes. guy that way that makes sense and, and a football guy you can also be a coach and be a football guy that's true so a dude is like that guy is good. The, like the, you know it when you see it. Your teammate, your teammates know. Yeah, who's okay. a dude? Yeah, and it's probably pretty obvious. That guy's a dude. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's not even. Is he a dude or no? No, he's yeah. just like when when J C Horn showed up in Columbia as a true <laughs> freshman and walked into the building. Everybody was like, "Oh man, that guy's a dude." Well, I'm, <laughs> I remember seeing J C during. Remember we were at that rivals camp in Atlanta. And Trevor Lawrence is throwing, and there, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of dudes on the field, and I saw JC, and JC like was, he still was not that highly ranked of a guy. Like if you go look at like the industry, like there are some places that had him like lowish, and even if you you know even as a like a top two hundred guy, that's way too low for him. And I was just watching him, and I'm like. This guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's one of the best corner prospects I thought I'd ever seen. So he's kind of undervalued, but clear dude. Tria dude. Spencer's a dude. Leggett, dude. Yep. You got Tra- some juice? Tra- Travana dude. We'll see. Travana apparently drives Tree everywhere, by the way. We learned that yesterday because Tree does not drive. <laughs> I would absolutely love. We need to do one of those uh, car ride alongs with those two. Tree Come- and comedians in so, cars getting coffee. Getting coffee, so, yeah. Tro was asked the question, I think, by Colin, what's the strangest place you've ever had to drive tree? And he immediately went, next question. <laughs> so there's probably a good story there. I saw there. that. I heard that.
I can only I have to get the answer in a Garnet Trust interview. Un- oh, unsanctioned so. interview. <laughs> Garnet Trust after dark. I, I don't to your point, Wes, though, about how big of a get he was, like I think we knew in recruiting, like, man, like this is a guy they need. And remember when he decommitted, it seemed like big loss, right? I don't know if we knew in the short term that it would be this important though. Like I did anybody have pegged yeah, Tree will probably be a, a starter at left tackle within the first three games of the season. Now, obviously, there's some circumstances <clears throat> that have accelerated that. If Jalen Nichols is still healthy, Jalen Nichols will probably be a starter at left tackle. You know, and, and maybe Tree's playing somewhere else. Maybe he's playing right tackle. Who knows? Um, so there are some circumstances there. But, man, I, I think this kid has probably, if we were to sit here and put true serum on some of the coaching staff, I think they would probably say that he's been even better than expected, even sooner than expected, which, you know, credit him for that. Yeah, I think at the time you would have been saying this is a loss just based on the potential on the upside. You wouldn't have necessarily been – and at the time you, you thought you'd have Jalen Nichols. So, But at the time you wouldn't have said, all right, this will be a loss for the 2023 South Carolina Gamecocks, which, um, you know, frankly, man, they, they've needed it. And – you know, I, I think some some of this is highly based on circumstance, but credit to Tree for stepping up, and he, he's only going to get better. And I, I think the the exciting part for him and this team and the fans is that uh, that sort of process is going to be accelerated immensely uh, because he has no choice because he's just going to go play, and there's going to be some mistakes. There'll be some issues. That's fine. You go back out there and, and learn from it. And I, I think he's got the mindset to, to go do it. Yeah, and I'm excited to see, obviously, baptism by fire going out there against a team like Georgia's first time out. Obviously graded out pretty well, uh, especially when it came to, to pass protection. And you feel like it's a much more favorable matchup this weekend against Mississippi State, a team that has struggled a little bit more when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Yeah, and we'll, as, a, as the week goes on, we'll go into this Mississippi State scheme. I think it's a different test. This week for South Carolina, Georgia is just, man, these guys are all four- and five-star recruits. Um, you know, most of them guys that have been around a little bit, played some ball. Mississippi State, it's an interesting scheme. And so I think there's there's some some mental aspects here where you're probably going to see some things you didn't see in high school. Uh, really, this entire offensive line has struggled by the fact they have not been able to get the exact same five out there on a consistent basis. So passing off blitzers, is a three-three-five defense that um, it's kind of unique compared to most schemes you play against, and I, I think that could be a factor for South Carolina this week. Listening to Zach Arnett on Monday, his press conference, I listened to the whole thing yesterday. He opened up by saying that these two teams are pretty similar. Y'all think that was an interesting comment, and do you agree with it? Uh, and I, I talked to somebody from 24-7 that covers them a little bit earlier. It is kind of crazy, the similarities. They're also rotating through offensive linemen. They played eight that so was... far this season trying to figure things out there. Now, they've run the ball a whole lot better than South Carolina has, but, yes, yeah, so quite a few similarities between these two teams. Quarterback play has not been as good. No. Yeah. And, they actually and, have a quarterback controversy they going do. on out there. They do. And and they, their backup is apparently a guy, Gamecock fans, yep. are somewhat familiar with. Yeah. Correct, Mike Wright, former From Vandy. Vandy, yeah, and that guy's they, fast, and they'll they'll play him some, and that that brings, like you said, Wes, a, a, this is a different type of challenge, indeed. Right. Part of it is scheme. You'll see a couple different quarterbacks. It, it, it's don't be fooled; it's still going to be 
A right. challenge, for sure. And we'll certainly dive more into Mississippi State as the week goes along. We'll hear a little bit more from what the players had to say yesterday. Speaking of the media, jump over the defense coming up. You're listening to Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Yeah. Um, like I said, I really enjoy being out there. Um, I think Pup is getting better every single day. Pup and Bam. Uh, Bam Martin Scott's another guy that we can we can put in there. Um, they're just they're just keep building confidence for them. Um, just to be able to provide the depth that we need. Um, I think Debo played, you know, almost every single snap. Um, I got 12 plays off, I think. So we're definitely going to need them towards the um, back end coming in the SEC play now. Um, you need more depth than that. You can't really maintain that um, as much as I want to. Um, you know, it's a physical game. So I think with them, it's just building up confidence, confidence and, uh, you know, know where to be. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyler Wes and Chris. Along with you, that was the voice of Stone Blanton, Gamecock linebacker, yesterday talking to the media about the depth issues that we're having across the entire team, but one of the areas in particular is linebacker. As you mentioned, Debo Williams once again out there for every single snap on Saturday against Georgia, and that's fine for a one-game sample size, and you don't doubt those guys go out there and give it 110% every single time, but as you get through SEC play on a week-in, week-out basis, you're going to need that depth. You're going to need Pup Howard. You're going to need Bam Martin Scott to step up even more, get these guys a little bit of reprieve, and get some nice rotation going in there. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see, do we see more of a rotation starting this week? I, I tend to think we will, and you, you have to because we, we saw this play out before. The fact that you were playing these guys so many snaps leads to an increased chance that they could get banged up just by the numbers of it, just by the math, and then what happens? You're playing the backup anyway. Yep. So I would much hmm. rather play the backup on my own terms than I would play the backup when I'm forced to, to play the backup. So I, I think that's something you have to look at starting this week. I understand against Georgia, you probably felt like every single possession was huge. And there's if there's a drop-off there, some positions more than others – you're saying we, we need our best out here this entire game. Now, does it does it eventually catch up to you? I think we saw that in the second half. But uh, I think moving forward, get you know getting Bam Martin Scott in there more at linebacker, bringing Pup Howard along, bringing along some of the younger defensive backs. The in some ways, you made a move to get your best eleven on the field by moving DQ back to nickel. At the same time, that eats away at your depth because instead of having these three guys who you're very comfortable with at safety, you know, DQ, Nicky, and Jalen Kilgore, you've now spread them out to the two safety spots and the nickel spot. So finding some more depth there, you know, can can Judge Collier continue to come on at cornerback? Does Vakari Swain or um or Emory Floyd come along? You know, can can you bring some of those guys along as this season progresses and pick your times to put them in? I, I think is Frankly, one of the biggest keys to, to South Carolina's uh, final three-fourths of the season. And for the purposes of these first few games, that that's why the loss of Mo Caba has been so big. You know, I mean, imagine being able to play him. You know, I, I think you had a great thought slash theory, Wes, when you said, look, let, let's say you're going to play 70 defensive snaps in a game. Even if Debo and Stone remain the starters for a portion of the year or the whole year, you know, that means that Mo could have come in and given you 15 snaps at Mike, 15 snaps at Will, 
play 30 snaps and kind of take 15 snaps each off of those other guys, that would be huge because it a healthy Mo, you probably would not have had a drop-off, and it could have been that he would have performed well enough to where he's back in the starting lineup as he was last season, and now you've got one of those other two guys coming off the bench as kind of a super sub. You didn't have that. You didn't have him to where you could bring along Bam Martin Scott and Pup Howard, who, by the way, you know, especially for Pup Howard, who is still a freshman, you know, they missed some preseason practice time. So you kind of had a, you know, a combination of all these different factors that have led to, plus the importance of these games, how these games went, how close they were, North Carolina and Georgia games specifically. You felt like as a staff, you had to play those other guys, and they're capable, particularly Debo. I mean, he's played the most snaps of anybody. Um, at the linebacker position, even more than Stone, he's capable of doing it. But as Shane Beamer said, I think he said this after game one, it's not sustainable. So mm-hmm. without Mo Kaba, what what are your options? Well, it's continuing to bring those other two along. And there is still a progression for these guys, especially for Pup Powered as a freshman. Um, and so what he's going to be, you know, game eight, game 12 is not, probably what he was game one and so it's important to continue you know bringing those guys along there uh one more thing i want to play real quick nikki minwari yesterday talking about management of his injury going forward here's what nikki had to say kind of hard trying to uh keep it hold yourself back when you know all i know is kind of like going hard it's kind of hard doing that but uh just uh the trainers and my coaches like just telling me to be smart make sure i'm taking care of my body more like drinking a lot of water and staying in the treatment room. Like, I live in there now, you know, even if I'm not hurt, I'll just start in there, stay in there, just do what I can. And similarly to Juice, when you're talking about something like a hamstring with Nicky Minwari, and obviously you want to be out there on the field as much as you can and one of your best players on defense, that's something that can get re-aggravated really, really easily. So you have to be careful about how you go about things with Nicky on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, we've talked about that, man. Hammies, um, just... Can, can be tough to come back from because they feel just fine until you really push it. And then if you push it too hard, you've set yourself back another two or three weeks. So, you know, he he obviously was not 100% against Georgia. But at the same time, I didn't think he looked hobbled uh, against Georgia. So I, I think luckily it appears he made it through that one without tweaking it or re-injuring it or anything like that. And you certainly hope as the – the next few weeks go along that he can get back closer and closer to 100%. But again, another situation where it's not ideal to have him have to play 80 snaps coming off of an injury as well. Right. Um, We'll certainly see what happens this weekend with those guys. Uh, Obviously, South Carolina has some pretty interesting names on their team. Tree Babalade, Stone Blanton, Pup Howard. Names in college football are always fun, uh, especially when you have some very unique ones. Chris has an all-name team for Mississippi State that he'll share coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Going to be on location the next couple days. We'll be all at our friends in Gold Line Framing in West Columbia tomorrow. Then Firehouse Subs in Casey on Friday. So certainly come by and see us uh, if you can over the next two days. Very excited for that. Uh, Chris, as I mentioned before the break, there are a lot of great names in college football. I look forward to the all-name team every single year. It's very hard to top, like, General Booty out at <laughs> Oklahoma. But uh, apparently Mississippi State's had some interesting names over the years. What are what are some of the ones General you unearthed? Booty. The coldest Crawford, you know. It's yeah. a classic. 
Mississippi State, though, yeah. Mississippi State is all is like underrated. So some guys will have some teams will have a guy or two, right? Dakotas Crawford, General Booty. South Carolina's got a couple, right? Mississippi State every single year, ha- they can well, field a roster of all names, and it makes sense because a lot of kids come from Mississippi, like deep in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. We talk like quintessential Southern, either actual names or nicknames, those kind of things. Uh, it, it makes sense they would have some unique ones, and they they have some of the classics in college football too, and they always have a bunch of very unique names. Sam, and then you've got sandwiched in between like Fred Ross. Right, but that was Will Fred Rogers. Will, Will Rogers, right? Fred Ross was a really good player at Mississippi State. Had that trick play against the Gamecocks in 2016. Think he caught a touchdown. Um, you had the late Darunya Wilson, mm-hmm. nicknamed Bear, back in the day, um, and then a classic. I I think this is the best possibly of all time. Pernell McPhee at Mississippi State. That is just a phenomenal name. That is a good one. But um, all right, so Mississippi State this year, and I put this together looking through. Um, the depth charts to put together our star power feature on Gamecock Central, basically looking at past star rankings, kind of comparing them. Obviously, Mississippi State's running back, who just set the school record for receptions, 200 career receptions, Jaquavius Marks. That's mm-hmm. a great name. That's a good one. Nickname Woody. So Woody Marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know where they got that from, but that's phenomenal. You also have LaDietrich Griffin. I can't even say it. LaDietrich Griffin. They call Tulu. Do they? Yeah, they call him Tulu. That's right. Okay. What are these nicknames? Tulu Griffin? Yeah, Tulu Griffin. That's, that is a They good call name. him that on the broadcast. Okay, Tulu Griffin and that Woody Marks. That, that's A tier. All right, and or on the depth chart at tight end, and this one may be tough to top. I, I'm going to try to get it. Jorquarius Spivey. Now, G-E-O-R apostrophe mm-hmm. Q-U-A-R-I-O-U-S. Jorquarius Spivey. Sounds right to me. You've got Quatrevius Johnson mm-hmm. along the offensive line. Another great name. Uh, Jaden Crumedy, not not that great of a name. Jet Johnson at linebacker. Good linebacker name. Better be fast. Fantastic linebacker name. Although probably better mm. as a kickoff returner. Yes. Yeah. Like wide, wide receiver. receiver type guy. Yeah. And then here, let me submit this one. Final one. Esaias Furge. These are seriously the nicknames that I would put, like, when I was making on NCAA 14 and I'm creating my team, trying to come up with funny names. Me and my buddies would sit around laughing about them, like, just cackling. Esaias Furge. That's a good one. There's there's nothing more to say. That that is this year's Mississippi State all-name team. And I'm telling you, it's like clockwork, guys. Every single year, they have not just one submission to college football's all-name team. They have... They have multiple. You could field an entire roster off these guys. Yeah, and then, as you mentioned, some of the just generic names, Eric Taylor, <laughs> John Lewis. Is that like Coach Taylor? <laughs> Jordan Davis. That, that is Eric Taylor, isn't it? Yeah, Isaac, Eric Taylor from Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights. Lights. Isaac Smith. Like, just some very generic ones mixed Isaac in there as well. Smith. Nick Jones. They got a Nick they, Jones? They got, they got a Nick, Nick Jones. on Nikki? the. Got, I don't know if they call him Nicky. Nicky Jones on the offensive line. Oh. Cole Smith, just just regular names. Cole Smith. It's just all. It's just always. There's always this like. Is one of the other. contrast. Yes. yes. Cra- crazy name. Crazy I mean, unique or no? Their two quarterbacks, Will Rogers, Mike Wright. Those are pretty just <laughs> plain names. I feel like so generic. I feel like Mike Wright played 
for the Gamecocks in the mid '90s. Like it just probably feels, did. feels right. Got a Mike West. Yeah, remember him? that wasn't mid '90s though. <laughs> that was that was a little bit later. He had an Anthony Wright. He was he was pretty good. A one. He had a nickname. He had a great nickname. I ran into him at camp a couple of years ago. I walked up to him. He didn't know I knew who he was. I said, "Hey, man, how far could you throw that football right now?" <laughs> I remember that I was standing there. Said far enough. Didn't you <laughs> ask him from one knee too? <laughs> I think so. I think you asked him to, to drop. You know, everybody drop, likes to drop yeah. to the knee and see how far they can chuck it. Right. Cannon. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. From one knee. But he. Well, well he, he didn't do it. He didn't okay. do it. But I'm just saying back from in back day. in the day. I see. Maybe actually, maybe the strongest arm. Now, could he throw it farther than Joe Milton, who throws it 90 yards, apparently? Well, I don't know. He could throw it more accurate than Joe Milton. Gosh. Yikes. Seen the message boards already calling for a new starter in Knoxville. That was Nico. Nico Nico time? Nico is the, uh, what they're going to be chanting this weekend, I guess. And Mississippi State, as you alluded to Mm -hmm. earlier, Tyler, there are some people. Will Rogers has had to stand up there in the press conference and address that, right? He's gone from a dude who put up giant numbers last year. To, I was just telling Wes, Wes and I are sitting here doing film study during the breaks, <laughs> and we, and uh, you know, Will Rogers. I mean, part of it was LSU, but yeah. he has he has struggled so far this year. And you do yeah. have Mike Wright, who's definitely more yeah. of a runner, but it, it's. What will we see this week? I'm kind of yeah. fascinated by it. It's funny because who I talked to earlier was um, covering them for 24-7 sports, and uh, they were talking about, you know, going into the season, people thought, like, he could touch Aaron Murray's, like, all-time numbers in the SEC, and now we're three weeks into the season, and people are calling for him to be replaced because yep. Kevin Barbe's trying to run more of a run-based system, RPO-type stuff with, well, Rodgers isn't fast. Mike Wright is, which makes people think he's a better fit to what they do. Well, I got a very deep cut for you. Hopefully, for South Carolina, it's not the reverse of 2001 when South Carolina, Mississippi State played in Starksville and had a backup Corey Jenkins come off the bench and spark their offense with a long touchdown run that ended up being the winning touchdown. Yeah, we'll see. Again, coming up Saturday night, Gamecocks and Bulldogs will dive more into Mississippi State. Over the next couple of days, we'll be out at Gold Line Framing tomorrow in West Columbia. Come by and see us. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show coming up next here on The Game. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.